that uh, our audience should not Google search. Mine is Vaporeon compatibility. <laughs> Good evening, ghouls. I'm Robert. I'm Becca. I am sometimes called Alec. And we are the Undead Poet Society, the podcast where we consume art and spit it back out at you into new art. And this week we are talking about, drumroll, <laughs> Watchmen, the 2009 Zack Schneider film, <laughs> based a on Schneider, like a like an S H Schneider, <laughs> Zack Schneider film, uh, based on the novel, graphic novel. Uh, actually, I heard that uh, Alan Moore, um, the writer, like hates the phrase graphic novel. <laughs> LOL, Which and he just funny. wants what it is, to be called is, comic book call or something. Just a yeah, comic book? he's he think like his take. Or I guess a lot of people's take, and he's just one of them, is that graphic novel is just like a sleazy, I don't know, a, a marketing, marketing term. Marketing tool. Exactly, in order to sell comics in bookstores. And he's like, just call it what it is. It's a comic. You know what I mean? And I, he, it's like uh, people are I so pretentious. That, I guess. I like that. I like the phrase graphic novel, though. I don't know. Like I just like the actual phrase I itself is like, kind of cool. I don't know. I feel like it's inherently different. <laughs> genuinely like genuinely and sincerely as an artist who enjoys both like i feel like they're different i feel like what i would classify as a comic like i would classify um watchman as a comic book because it's in that nine by like that three by three grid um and it's very uniform throughout um it only breaks it a couple times, and when it does break it, it's not like it's not doing anything other it's than the grid, in, you know? Yeah, yeah like style it's the and inspiration style. Is certainly, from sources that we would call comic books and that we would not the call graphic color, novels. Yeah, the color palette I feel like is comic book. This the art style is comic book in my mind. Like they're so so different in my, like the magic fish not a comic book what are you talking about not a comic book like I don't know. Maybe, you know what i mean i i agree maybe um that statement is dated you know what i mean maybe yeah maybe at the time when old. he said that there was nothing different like there wasn't yeah. anything other than what there was i don't know yeah. how Honestly, old like the graphic Alan, novel is you know Alan Moore looks like he has people in his basement. So oh, that guy know. is crazy. I learned <laughs> about him today. He's fucking crazy. He calls himself like um, a magician. Like <laughs> he, he proclaims he's a he's an occultist. He's like oh, he's yeah. an anarchist, and he said hell like, yeah, he's like a magic or a magician. Fuck, I can't remember what he said. Like a magician clergyman or some shit like that. He looks like the reincarnation of Rasputin himself. <laughs> yeah. So that's not at all surprising or out of and i mean you kind of have to be fucking twisted to make to watchmen yeah yeah <laughs> so but we're not talking about the comic we already talked about the comic we're talking about the movie yeah that's right you're right you're right we are talking about is the movie. different um in some very critical ways let me crinkle um, my paper i wrote everything down on paper today i want to come at you guys with a wide statement to start it off Apart from the source material, do Zack Snyder films say anything? Uh, um, no. <laughs> like, the, the, the ones that, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I've never seen 300, and apparent, a lot of people think that's his best film, and it's an important film for sure. I don't, I've never seen it, so I can't comment on it. I would say that a, a lot of people would argue that this is his second best film, or even his best film in a lot of cases, and I think the only good things about it truly and sincerely are because of the source are material. from the source material and like that he hasn't added anything yeah i, I don't think so do you want to hear what i wrote down at work Uh-oh. today <laughs> becca coming in with the hot I takes said, we're gonna get so many fanboys that will oh my we, god we're, we're not actually because nobody listens to this podcast but god yeah. if we did or god if well, they did. <laughs> you know what's great is my my ex was like very into 
Zack Snyder, like his favorite movies, movies are by Zack Snyder, and it's just <laughs> hilarious because I've always thought that I've always thought this, and uh, him liking them just literally like even while we were dating, it like made me hate them more. It was so, so now I just really hate him. And uh, anyway, this is what I wrote. I said Zack Snyder is just super not my favorite. Not a fan of his cheesy musical cues, especially and like there was a lot of them in Watchmen specifically the one that has irritated me more than anything i've ever seen in cinema (laughs) was um is wonder woman's um musical cue like her little theme song when she comes on the screen it's an electric guitar and it goes (laughs) and i was like so when i watched wonder woman for the first time i was like god I, i really really hate this score like it's making me so mad and my ex was like what Hans Zimmer and I was like what Hans Zimmer did this because he's incredible he did the Hans Zimmer did the soundtrack for Interstellar and uh, Lion King right and for for so many so many huge name incredible he did the soundtrack for wonder woman and i realized after watching watchmen and other Zack snyder films that it was more likely than not Zack snyder who was like hey we need a little something for wonder woman when she comes on screen or when she does something and and hans zimmer was like oh my god fine here's a stupid electrical guitar it's actually interesting because we are going to welcome our guest onto the pod today, Hans Zimmer and Zack Snyder, uh, and they can comment on your theory. I didn't even get to the best part yet. I said, <laughs> he's dark and gritty in a cheap and, and to be honest, embarrassing way. Simply not a big fan of his aesthetics. I had something very similar. Really? Yeah, I in my notes. I would love to hear it. I said, Snyder is style over substance in the worst possible way. <laughs> His style sucks ass. I don't It's like amazing. It. And that's not to say, like, it's... No, not a fan of the pod. Not a friend of the pod. <laughs> it's ob- Obviously, there's some great shots. Like, as we were watching it, we were talking, and, like, obviously there's but some But all the shots were from the comic book. Yeah, so it's yeah. like... I, I don't know. I in We recently watched... Um, oh, what's it called? Bullet Train. Mm. And I loved Bullet Train. And so shoot, good. that was a Zack Snyder film, wasn't it? <laughs> don't say that. Are you serious? <laughs> was was it? it? I don't know. Shut up, shut up. So. You're dumb. No, I was like, there's no, there's no freaking no way. way. No way. No. It's, I'm Googling no. it right now because I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> shook if it's true. But Because there was nothing nah, aesthetically. David Leitch or Leitch, okay. whoever okay, that is. Good. I was um, like, there's no way. I could see it, though. No, I, I can't. I can't. I really can't. I because can't. There's like the slow mo sometimes, up, but that's the only thing. The reason I bring it up is because I think that movie is a great example of style over substance done like responsibly. Like there was still like portions of the movie that were very character driven, but like they didn't let like I don't know, they didn't let anyone tell them not to do something cool because it wouldn't make sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that that was Here's... like something that I liked. Um, but can I can I interrupt your essay with yeah. a with a metaphor? Yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> we went to Boy Scout camp once, and they made us pay a bunch of money for food. And when we got there, they tried to pawn off bowls of nacho cheese as cheese soup. What the stop. fuck? Stop it! Stop! That sounds that's criminal. Like they <laughs> like like they <laughs> they tried. <laughs> They tried to they tried to pawn it off as cheese soup, like it was like its own entree, its own food, when it was literally just those like massive cans of that is nacho so cheese. You, are you trying to Bro. kill these children? <laughs> and that's not and, and like nacho cheese is tight as fuck. You know what I mean? Like you use it in the right place, in the right amount, and in like in the right context. And some nacho cheese is gonna make some nacho chips. You know what I mean? But like I like I don't know the style over substance thing that we're talking about. I feel like it, when it's done responsibly, like in Bullet Train, and I don't know, maybe there's some Bullet Train haters in the in the in the comments. Um, but I really liked that movie, and I think that you're right that it is often style over substance. But I think that that style is responsibly used. I think that it's nacho cheese over some well topped 
garnished nacho chips rather yeah. than some some a homemade bowl. tortilla chips you know like. <laughs> rather than a straight mm. bowl of nacho cheese which a scout camp is trying to convince you that's is so bad quote-unquote cheese soup so absurd mm. but also something that sounds so true like i i know you, you know what i mean like i've been that sounds like boy scouts <laughs> um but yeah shout out del webb that place fucking sucked i'm glad boy there. scouts went bankrupt never went there but yeah, finish I, your thought, Robert, about that because I want to yes, continue your essay. <laughs> what was I, what was my essay about? I can't even remember. Just about how cheap and dark and like I don't know that what I said was that it's cheap. His darkness is like it feels like he's trying too hard, and like all of the costumes, especially superhero movie costumes, like they look like they're made of plastic, and like I mean they probably are, but they look like someone made like an expensive toy something that i can't remember who said it i think it was the folks on the overdue podcast they said that in the graphic novel the like all the frames it kind of feels like it's like there's like a setting sun constantly all the colors are very like muted and hmm. or, or or a like a fire like in the distance you know what i mean which maybe is a better metaphor for this yeah it's always there's like prominently orange, orange and yellows and purples yeah yeah and it's like off in the distance you know what i mean and so it feels very muted because it feels like all the colors are somewhere else in snyder films it feel it feels like there's no color in the world I, I don't just, know everything's just so, dark yeah, I don't know. I'm not into it. I don't. I just, I just don't. I haven't seen that many of his films, but the ones that I have have been so god awful that I just. I, I guess I'm just not a fan of his style. And like I've seen so many people like giving this movie praise, and I just. I, I mean, can't. it was a good movie. I enjoyed this movie, and I enjoyed how faithful the adaptation was. You know, apart from like the big, huge, glaring thing that was the end. Of the film that kind of, you know, messed up the entire point of the message of the movie. But, you know, other than that, it was pretty <laughs> good. I liked it because it was just Watchmen. Like, it was just the graphic novel. Or the, been, sorry, the comic book. We've been shitting on Zack Snyder a lot, but I want to list off a few things that I thought were the movie did really well. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think that the casting for uh, Rorschach yes. and Night Owl... Was yes. Amazing. I thought that Night Owl, like you, you mentioned that cheap look to comic book heroes, but I think that that's actually something that he did do well in adaptation because the comic book heroes are supposed to look goofy as fuck in the comic mm-hmm. because that's how like those era of comic book heroes look, and that and and that kind of translates to screen. At least I thought. You know what there I mean? There were some of them. I I I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're talking about. I felt like the older generation, like the Minutemen. They felt like purposefully cheesy, but then it felt like distinctly different when we had the um the, like the new the new Watchmen, like they felt like they were not supposed to be cheesy, but there was so much of it that I felt like was like I felt like distinctly they weren't supposed to be cheesy. Like his vision was not to make them cheesy but like the older generation they definitely seemed like they were i don't know the fact that ozymandias has nipples on his costume makes yeah me that's feel what like i'm saying like it, i, I, I don't feel know. like For he me, thought that was cool i don't know i and i get we we're not a, we're not going to be able to read his mind so no, we'll, we'll have not. to agree to disagree on that but mm. i thought that the casting for um Rorschach and Night Owl was amazing. I thought that their performances as those as those characters were really, really good. I think that the physical casting for Dr. Manhattan was really good, but something about his voice just didn't do it for me. Like he has You don't like expect this, God to like, have a light voice. You know? Yeah, he had he just had like this really like light, I don't know, kind of like wimpy voice. I didn't hate it actually. I don't know. Like I I I, I thought that his voice was gonna be like a little bit more like, I don't know, like grounded and like aloof rather than just like kind of like i don't know um i thought that rorschach's costume looked really good and it was like exactly from the comic and that's one of my favorite designs in any place at any time i think the the actor did great too 
Yeah. And uh, there are specific shots that I that I feel like really stuck with me, um, specifically in the dream sequence when Night Owl and the younger Silk Spectre are like kissing, uh, like in front of that, like atomic bomb. Yeah, and like the there's this like kiss. super, super wide shot where there you can see the shockwave coming to them from above. Uh, and it's like it's just like these giant, like almost geometric shapes. And it's if you just looked at it and didn't know what it was in context, you might not understand what you were looking at. I thought that that shot was really cool. Um, I thought that Archimedes was really cool. The ship that Archimedes. they're flying around in. Um, Very well like, done. Like whoever, and, and uh, like, I'm probably giving credit to a bunch of people that aren't Zack Snyder because a movie is so many different people from like costume designers and set design and casting directors and things like that. But Archimedes in particular, I thought was really interesting in that like, it's kind of like, if you haven't seen the movie like, like, cause if you're making this movie, the movie doesn't exist yet. And like, let's say that it's your job to take this weird ass, like bug looking spaceship from a comic book. That's just like basically a bunch of circles and make it into something that looks that like, that has to co-inhabit a space with actual physical flesh and blood human beings, at least on the camera, you know, like it has to look like something that could be real and that could work. Um, and whoever, whoever's job that was, I think did a great job. Like the, the, the spaceship, both on the inside and on the outside, the way that the engines kind of like, uh, oscillated inside themselves in order to like propel the ship in different directions. Um, yeah, I, I thought that the, the, the ship itself looked really good. Um, and this, and the set design was extremely faithful to the adaptation in a lot of ways. Um, like just like the way like like the inside of like Moloch's house and like with his like the placement of his like refrigerator and his drawers and the door that Rorschach comes in and out of or um, the house that the older generation Night Owl stays in and like that staircase that kind of like leads out of his house that they have that conversation in while the younger Night Owl is standing there in the rain they didn't is, kill is, him. is set they didn't up die. just like yeah they, they didn't I just get realized to that, that. Yeah. Um, um, which actually that's something yeah. Not to derail you too far, but no, I'm already done. We, the version that we watched, there's a longer version. Really? Yeah, it's a like the Zach. I think it's called like the Ultimate Edition, where like that's the one we almost night, watched, but didn't have time, right? Yeah, and then that one he does die. Oh, or, okay. No, I, that we we just watched whatever one was on. HBO Two hours Max. forty minutes HBO Max. Yeah. And there's one that's like three hours and fifteen minutes or something like that. Um. Did you want to say something, Robert? I have a lot. Not a lot, but I have more. Mm, no, I got derailed, so I don't remember. I was just saying that, like, overall, I thought it was a really awesome adaptation. I thought it was really um, faithful. I loved, like, that, I don't know, I feel like he did exactly, Zack Snyder did exactly what um, I feel like a lot of people who want a, a film adaptation to do like he literally just went frame by frame and like made it motion picture that's what people want you know and he did a really good job at doing that um there were definitely things that i i thought like were meant to be cheesy in the graphic novel because it's a commentary on superheroes in a way um and so there were a lot of things that i felt like were meant to be really corny that I feel like Zack Snyder like thought were just cool and he just made them serious and uh there were a lot I wish we had the recording of us watching it because there were a lot of things that I think he was meant to be serious and I just guffawed it was amazing I forgot uh the actors and the casting directing uh, or just casting. I don't know why I'm adding that second word. In my diatribe, I forgot uh, the comedian and Ozymandias, both of whom oh, yeah. were perfectly inhabited by their actors. I don't like. I thought Laurie was pretty good too. Like young Silk Spectre. Laurie. I don't know. She yeah, had some really flat pretty... line delivery. I thought for she me. was good for who she wanted. She. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like her acting wasn't like on par. I feel like she looked exactly how she was supposed to in the comics. You are correct. If, if we're if we're talking about physical casting, then she looked vi- like she like very much looked like the character and like the way that she would like move and 
act in the costume was all very good, but there were just there was just some line delivery. And there there was one with Rorschach too, specifically when Rorschach and Doctor Manhattan meet for the first time, and Doctor Manhattan is kind of like brushing Rorschach off, and Rorschach says something like, uh, "It was really hard to get in here," and he does like this little finger thing that like boomers do when they like shake their hands at you, um, and he's like, I, "I worked really hard to get in here," and then John teleports him away. Uh, And then in the next location, he's like, I'm not leaving till I've had my say. And then he's like, "Ugh, he teleported me away. That line in particular, really, I don't like the delivery just didn't land for me. And then there was like six or seven of Laurie's that I didn't think were awesome. That one line in particular made me so mad because in the comic, he literally is one frame is across two frames. Rorschach is positioned 100% the same. In two it's a fun way locations. to emphasize teleportation. But the way they didn't, they sudden. made a show. But they yeah, made they, they, they show lost their it. ability. They in lost the... their chance to do that by making it like ramping up to it, to just hard cut to a new location. Yeah, it would have been so good. But instead, they had to be like, and it's like, bro, okay, I get it. Um, did we want to talk about the end of the movie and how much it like just really? kind of nullifies the whole thing or i've been thinking about it and i have mixed feelings now my 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 feelings were a lot clearer when we when we watched the movie initially but 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 go ahead on it like let's 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 hear you guys first i've been talking a lot i just i don't know i was having a good time and i had a good time watching the whole thing but it's just it makes me so upset and like i i know like there's a lot of people who are like you can't properly get across the message that you want and the amount of time with the squid and i just disagree Mm. with that you know what i mean like that's that's the big like because he added things that didn't need to be in there yeah i don't know it just took out other things that could have been taken out anyway um yeah (laughs) that's that's my that's my big thing is like that's i i know that most people like their argument against it is that it's like there wasn't enough time and i just mm-hmm. disagree i think that there I, was enough time i agree with you um i felt like he did such a good job with integrating the other essays um for example um hollis the original night owl for the first like two or three comics at the very end of the comic there's an essay from his book that he talks about writing in the beginning of the film um and it explains who the Minutemen were and why Hollis even became the night owl which he incorporates into his little like his lines that he has with uh Dan um when they're talking and he talks about well I was a cop and we thought that we weren't doing enough, but with masks, we could do more. So we went to that. That was one of, that was like summarizing an entire essay that kind of gave context. And he did that so well with so many of the others that I feel like he could have, he could have included it. Obviously, you know, the pirate story, it was really symbolic and cool, but like, wasn't gonna fit in the movie anyway no yeah threw that out it's a good thing to throw out the ending of the book not not a good thing to throw out in my opinion especially for how much time they ended up spending on it they could have spent the same amount of time when i feel like there was so much in and around the thing that he changed i feel like he just ended up spending the same amount of time he would have spent if he had done the original ending and he spent that time on this new ending that didn't necessarily make sense because you know the obvious thing that like the the alien was meant to unite the monster that he created was meant to be like an alien is attacking and um we're all unified as humanity against this thing but and the they say in the graphic novel like well why or like in the comic like what about dr manhattan like couldn't he be seen as this thing because he's an american and that's the whole point of dr manhattan is that he is american god is an american um 
or God exists and he's an American. The Superman exists and he's an American. They say it so constantly. And that's a part of the comic. They address that in the comic that they couldn't use Dr. Manhattan as that unifying force because he's an American and because it wouldn't have worked. And of course, as a director of a movie, you can just, you know, do whatever you want and change that story because no one's gonna question that if you don't want them to so ozymandias can say yeah dr manhattan's our unifying force because um you know i'm being told to say this and it's not actually like making any sense but no one can go against me because this is the Mm. world i've made up you know robert have you uh and, or sorry, uh, I thought you were... Yeah. No, that's that's just like, I feel like it definitely would have worked because just mm. things I've already said. I don't know. I'm just going in circles at this point because I'm just <laughs> upset about it. <laughs> Got any hot takes, Robert? No, you On the ending change? And I guess, I don't know. For uh, we've We've been doing all of these podcasts from the perspective that like our audience has seen the movie and very recently... Um, and that might not, not always be true. Uh, like that, that can kind of like be putting the onus on our audience to like, like basically do homework in order to be able to listen to and enjoy our podcast. So maybe like a really brief, like just ending recap of what we're talking about might be helpful. And also it's, it's possible that people in our audience have watched the movie, but not the comic and vice versa. So just to, to, uh, to put it out really simply, this ending change that we're talking about in the comic, uh, the 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 whole thing is like this murder mystery because a superhero is murdered at the beginning. And it's because another superhero, the smartest man on Earth, Ozymandias, um, is trying to avert nuclear disaster by you by tricking the human race. Uh, into thinking that they have a common enemy. That's like that. That's the whole thing. And he kills a lot of people in order to in order to bring this about. And it causes a rift in the main characters at the end because the like they they couldn't do anything to stop it. It's already done. Um, and the the moral dilemma at the end because it's worked is whether or not they should say something because Ozymandias has done something indisputably evil. But nuclear war has been averted, and it's very possible that a the people who have already died will have their lives wasted. And B, we could go right back to that nuclear catastrophe if you do the quote-unquote right thing by telling what Ozymandias did. Now, in the comic books, what he did was genetically engineer a giant alien-looking monster and teleport it into... Is this New York? Is it set in New York? Or is it some fictional city like Gotham City? Okay, it's sure. It's New York City. So, uh, so he, he teleports this giant tentacle monster into new york city and its arrival sets off a psychic like concussive blast that kills like a million people in new york city or something it's this massive catastrophe and it convinces humanity that it's under attack from an out an outside like external alien species in the movie um Ozymandias instead basically tricks dr manhattan into thinking that he's working on a bunch of free energy uh sources um, but really, they're bombs that go off simultaneously all over the planet. Um, and and Ozymandias sets it up to look as though John slash Dr. Manhattan has like become so disappointed in humanity that he's decided to punish it for getting this close to being on the edge of nuclear catastrophe. And so the external uniting force in the movie is not a giant tentacle monster, but <laughs> but Dr. Manhattan. Is, d- have I left anything important out? Like, nope, does that, that, that? Do you think that would make sense? Tell him about Bubastis. Yeah. Oh, oh, also, Aussie Mandy's has this fucking cat for some reason. Has <laughs> this like genetically engineered cat, which in the comic book kind of exists, I guess, to prep you for the idea that he's been doing genetic engineering in the first place. Yeah, they talk about it. They talk about it in the comic. They say like, um, they're like, "What is this thing?" And he's like. But because there is yeah. no genetic engineering happening in the movie, its presence in the movie is a little bit maybe confusing <laughs> for, yeah. Like there's just like this weird CG cat that running around. For like yeah. literally yeah. a screen time of two minutes. Yeah, tops before it, it like before it gets killed in an attempt to kill Dr. Manhattan as well. Um, now, I want, uh, I want to try and sell you on something. You're free to disagree. Um, no. No. 
I the the, <laughs> the change for me is more upsetting because of how I like like Becca, you gave a lot of internal reasons, like internal, like like meta narrative reasons why it wasn't the right thing to do. For me, honestly, I think it, if he had done it that way in the comic book, it might have been a bit of a tighter story because like it, I don't know, like I think when when possible, you should try and use and develop the story assets that you have rather than introducing new ones, especially that late in the game. And I think using Dr. Manhattan in that in this way might have been a more subtle way to achieve the same effect. And so now, like, Dr. Manhattan has... And, and you would have to change things that led up to it, obviously, if, if this is how it was going to happen in the original comic book. But I think that it might have been a more elegant way to tell basically the same story by making John a more involved participant in what happened. And that would also make his departure from Earth a little bit more... Like, not just that he was, like, bored and disappointed with humanity, but now he's also shouldering this responsibility of being, like, at least, uh, like, uh, accepting this responsibility Mm -hmm. of having his perception not be a a hero and a scientist, which he has been for his his whole life, um, but now this, like, bringer of, like, cancer and destruction and, like, this vengeful god that, like, humanity needs to, like, unite against. Um, I I, I think that there is Mm -hmm. a more subtle elegant story that better uses the like the uh, like a fewer number of assets rather than a giant tentacle monster which we see for the first time and basically only once in one giant frame although that was a really cool frame um so for me personally it's not so much that like dr manhattan was completely unsuitable to be the external threat that the that humanity has to be tricked into thinking it needs to unite against it's like what really gets my goat about the change is is not an internal narrative thing. It's an external one of like, it was such a faithful adaptation to that point. Like, like, like entire like panels just being ripped out of the comic book and put on film. The, the, the way that like Rorschach is dressed exactly how he would look in the comic book. Um, like, like even the hair, like, like the hairstyle and glasses that like the younger night owl has is like, it's, uh, it's uncanny that like they were able to get things to look and feel so like they did in the comic book. And so it's, it's bizarre to me that he would like, that he would spend so much effort on adapting it so faithfully only to make such a giant change at the end. Like that's like, it seems so incongruous, you know, like I, I could agree. I understand what you're saying with Dr. Manhattan. And I, I think I agree with um, that it would have been tighter because it is a really late game element that's added, especially if you're not going to add the comics mm. and explain who drew the comics. Like um, the comics, when I say the comics, I'm referring to the pirate comics because the man who did the pirate comics is the man who made the tentacle monster. Like that's, mm. that's where that tie in was. And there's an essay about it um, and his import, like about his importance in the world. But so I do agree. It feels kind of late game in the comics, but also I feel like the, you couldn't, you couldn't have it both ways. You can't make Dr. Manhattan so aggressively American and then make him the United I think, I think you could against, because you there's know? such an emphasis on the story about how he's losing his humanity and the fact that America gets bombed along with everybody else, I think kind of like removes his Americanness. You would definitely have to de-emphasize that part of the story and about the character if you wanted to use Dr. Manhattan in this way. Um, I don't know. Like it, it, it just feels like a... The, like the way that the movie did it feels like a Fiji mermaid almost. You know what I mean? Like a fish, like just sewn up to like a monkey torso and like, oh, hey, look, it's a new creature. Like, hey, we're going to adapt the movie like ultra faithful to the comic book. and But then like completely change everything in like the last 20 minutes uh, was was very strange to me. Yeah, I don't know. I think. I think I still fall on the side of the comic like in the alien monster sure. um because it feels pretty essential like the the dehumanization or like the fact that Dr. Manhattan like has stopped caring about humanity is so important and like that being the reason like that's his that's the end of his character art is he's he's so done that he he's just going to leave you know what i mean and that i think that represents like like god is dead you know what i mean like god is gone god has left us and we are fend like fending for ourselves at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and like, so, what like, reason does he have to destroy humanity 
Like, yeah. if he just could live on, like, why would he go through the, the trouble of killing all of these people if he could just leave and not think about yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I see what you mean, um, but I don't know if I quite agree with it. But... Um, well, I, that is a good counter argument. I do, however, have a bomb on me. <laughs> um, you might have noticed me buying fertilizer and, uh, PCP pipes and other various, uh, trolling tools and storing them in my room. I do have a large explosive device and you can either agree with me and continue, uh, doing this podcast and living or, um, this can, uh, go ahead and be uh, our last that, episode. That's a, that's a good... Is the is the bomb called Doctor Manhattan? No, it's a giant tentacle it, monster. <laughs> actually, oh, cool. That's you know that's even better. I like that ending better actually. If you Let's made it, um, a tentacle monster, so you walked into that yourself, Buckaroo. Yeah. Should we implement a rating system? Should we give <laughs> ratings at the end? On a scale of um, Rorschach to. Um, the performance. Doctor Manhattan's dick and balls. <laughs> I give it a solid comedian. Um, right as he's getting the shit kicked out of him for raping Silk Spectre. <laughs> yeah, that's a very nuanced, uh, <laughs> uh, nuanced rating system. Last comment. I'm so mad at how effective the actor was at making me hate comedian and how well he delivered those banger lines like i hated those like dope ass mm. lines coming out of this mouth and face that i hated so much like what happened to the american dream the american dream you're looking at it it came true <laughs> like ah that shit that like that got me good dude like that's such a good line and it comes out of a mouth and face that i hate so bad i think also we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what other people so like um, apologists of this movie will say that the comic talks about comics mm -hmm. and that this movie is supposed to be a commentary on the state of superhero movies at the time and this is around the time of like the Dark Knight and stuff like that and so I can I can give it a little bit more slack because the the goal was a little bit different you know what I mean and I'm I'm not 100% sold that Zack Snyder just did that because he also notoriously wanted to cut out the impotent scene with the uh, <laughs> night owl which was night owl like the, that that yeah you know that's what I mean? like, that tells me like <laughs> that tells me very deeply that Zack snyder doesn't really understand the heart of the, the source comic. material yeah, yeah and that he just saw like things he's like oh i could make this look so cool on camera you know what i mean yeah and i think that's also demonstrated later on in his later movies too with like uh batman versus superman which is probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Batman versus Superman, the the Justice the League, Justice League, Bullet Train, Shut other the movies. Fuck up. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I can I can see where they're going with that, and if you're looking at it through that lens, I can see that the Doctor Manhattan change at the end is critical if you're talking about superhero movies at the time. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I just don't know if I buy that Zack Snyder was going mm. for that. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe I don't give him enough credit. Maybe I'm just a hater, but... I don't know. I I am a hater. I don't have to be super profound and thought out to just say that I, like, just kind of don't like his style. I don't know. Like, I really, I, I really like, you, don't. You don't need much more justification than that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that the, the, the use of, like pop songs is overdone uh i think oh the slow-mo oh is God. so many <laughs> pop songs i mean like the slow-mo can be cool at certain parts sure. but it feels gratuitous like because the first the just, first thing was like that opening credit shot with the slow-mo and stuff like that that was cool i liked that yeah that was a lot of fun that was yeah but it just like but it but at yeah. other points it feels like a little bit like all right like let's keep let's keep it moving uh, <laughs> like, I, I, just because something happens in slow-mo doesn't automatically make it cool our friend and brother chase recently started watching the vampire diaries which for listeners of the pod don't know but i have a deep deep love of this really <laughs> shitty a deep stupid, and abiding commitment stupid shitty tv series from the cw i don't know why but i, I do know partially why and it's it actually related the vampire diaries they have their finger on the pulse of what pop songs are you know popular right now 
Um, or maybe but does even that, up to like does five that years date ago, them pretty quickly? You know what I mean? Um, maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit. But um, I'm telling you, when you're watching it, they pick the perfect fucking song to make you feel exactly what they want you to feel. It's completely manipulative, mm. and I'm here for it because it's lazy. And I'm I don't here watch to get it. manipulated. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not here to critique Vampire Diaries. I'm just here to fucking veg out. You know. Um, it felt like this movie was trying to do the same thing, but all it did was fucking annoy me. I'm like, why are we listening to this song right now? Like, it doesn't, like, I don't know, like, it doesn't, it, it feels like a fucking student fit. film, like, where, like, you're writing in the, like, you're, you're turning in your first screenplay, and you've got all these fucking, like, songs that you'll never get the rights to, and it's like, you shouldn't write that, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you shouldn't write that in, <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, I hate it so much. It just felt so, like, if it was a series... And I, and I I'll I think that this movie or I guess I think an adaptation of the comic if you're going to do like a true adaptation and not like what HBO did mm. um, in like television format I think it could actually do really well because there's certain tones throughout the book for example uh, chapter 6 I can't remember what it's called like the something symmetry um it sinful does, symmetry yeah yeah it does this really cool thing where the entire um, chapter is a mirror of itself, and oh, like a little chiasmus. Like yeah, a... exactly, exactly. And so, which is really cool. And I, like, I think you can make that for look you really non-literary cool. majors. A chiasmus. For you non-Mormon <laughs> literary <laughs> hickory dickory dock. The mouse went up the clock. <laughs> um, but basically, like, you could take that episode of whatever you know chapter six you could take that episode and make it into like this mirrored format and it would look really cool stylistically and it would make sense because it's its own episode and its own enclosed like loop but you can't really do that in the movie because it just kind of feels weird tonally you don't have that degree of separation yeah yeah and there's i think there's tons and tons of things like that where it would be a really cool episode where you get all of dr manhattan's chapter mm. you, you know what i mean and that would be a really cool episode and you could really get into the nitty-gritty of like how who he was before and stuff like that and i think that would be a lot of fun but there's just too much in the for one movie to handle even if it's a three hour long movie you know what i mean which i guess is just the plight of adaptations like you should never i guess not never add adapt adapt things but just fucking write some original shit for the screen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, I don't just, know. Like, like movie, like book adaptations to movies happened basically as soon as movies existed. Um, and so, like, we, so like people complain, like, oh, everything's a reboot, everything's an adaptation now. Like, like that's that's not a new phenomenon. It's been like true. Frankenstein, Dracula. You know what I mean? Like that shit yeah. was happening. Lit- like Moses. Like literally, as soon as movies got off the ground, they were adapting like literature and other sources that already existed. However, I love me a good movie that's written as a movie. You know what I mean? Like just get some good screenplay writers who just know how to write a movie to be a movie. And it's just a good movie. That's not to say that you can't, you know, make original material with other source material, you know, like the TV show for Watchmen, isn't it? It's about hooded justice, so it's like totally not following well, the story of Watchmen. It's right? kind of about hooded, hooded justice. Oh, okay. It's com- it's complicated. Okay, very. Good. I mean, I Probably. haven't watched it, so. But like, you can or like, uh, I it's don't on know. par with the comic though, as far as quality. I think there's so many things like you can make a good movie, like a spinoff. You know, it's possible. To I don't know if oh. Yeah, I don't know, like, Alan Moore has been very vocal about him not wanting any more Watchmen stuff, which I can understand. Like, you make your thing and you want it to be the end of the thing, but I don't know if I, well, no, I really enjoy this, the TV show and I don't think he, I know he's not involved in any way, so maybe I'm just talking out my ass now, but I am caring too much what an author thinks about how his work is used, but... Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd, I I don't know if I'd read worst. another comic that wasn't by Alan Moore in this world. You know what I mean? I don't know if anyone else really understands the yeah. heart of it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. That makes to sense. do it as a comic, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and specifically him working with uh, what's the guy's name? Gibbon, the, the artist. Yeah, something. Yeah, we don't talk about the artist enough. 
We don't. We and always talk about Alan Moore. I feel really he's bad only a half of it. because a lot of this is so iconic and amazing. It's so specific um, to the art. Yeah. Yeah. And he the, like, especially, you know, the thing where it's like mirrored, you know, like yeah. the, mm-hmm. the chapter that I was just talking about. Um, yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit. Literally, I'm Googling it to see like what his name is because I forgot. And all it has is Alan Moore's name. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Gibbons. I was, I was right. The Dave unsung Gibbons, hero. Yeah. Da- Dave Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. So, um, shout out Dave Gibbons, friend of the pod, friend of the pod. <laughs> Zack Snyder, enemy of the pod, enemy on fucking sight, enemy on sight. I don't even know what Zack Snyder looks like, but you know, if what? I see Zack Snyder in public, dude, I'm gonna come up, pretend like I'm a fan in order to get past his security. It's Oof. unfortunate too because nice. he's a little bit handsome. Oh, is he? <laughs> because yeah, because I googled, uh, but him I guess like while he, we were watching the movie, he's got to be like a himbo, right? For sure, um, I don't even know what that is. I've seen a himbo. <laughs> I've you seen, don't know what I'm, a himbo is. I've seen the like phrase. It is a male a bimbo. male bimbo. So just like oh. really yeah. handsome, but just yeah. super dumb. He's not like really really handsome. He's just like more attractive than I thought he was going to be. Because at first, like you know, at the very end of the movie, when like they're nah, he's he's exactly what I thought he was gonna be. Well, I thought that, you know, at the end of the movie where, like, they put Rorschach's journal in, like, a reporter's thing, I thought that that reporter with, like, the curly hair that was, like... <laughs> what? Zach Snyder? I thought that was... was gonna like, look that, 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 <laughs> I felt like that... Not that I thought that was him, like, like looking at him. I was like, that's that, Zach Snyder. It was more like, this feels like the kind of role that a director would write themselves into. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't take that much yeah. acting. Yeah. <laughs> It's just the the one, but you still want to be in the movie and play a part. Like if if Tarantino if Tarantino directed this film, you bet your fucking ass that would have been Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I googled it to see if it was him, and I was disappointed when he was much more handsome than I was expecting. Not that that guy's ugly, but just not. You know, handsome. I kind of changed my mind about the movie in general. Um, not for any particular reason. I didn't just Google Zack Snyder or anything. We did get some titties though, so you know what. That's it's how it S-tier goes. tier in my book. We got a lot of we got a lot of PP. Yeah, dick and a lot, balls. a lot of PP. That's and that's when, uh, when this he's movie in like two years and take a shot every time I see some dick and balls. That'd be a that'd be a good uh, drinking game. Oh yeah, I would. <laughs> what that one scene when he's he's got like six Doctor Manhattans and there's <laughs> there's like just six of him, all naked, on the screen at one time. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Online. I don't have too many thoughts about this movie, honestly. I don't a lot have of too many thoughts, thoughts that, in general. I, I just, I don't have thoughts. <laughs> and the podcast just fucking cuts I have out. Too, <laughs> I have too many thoughts. I always got something to fucking say. Mm, 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 I mm. liked the book more, obviously. I feel like that goes without saying that, honestly, but maybe I'm, uh, I'm a snob. No, I think I, I think I like the comic more. Yeah. It just yeah. It was, was I think it, I'd like the comic more if every time it cut uh from a scene there was like some sort of pop song playing. <laughs> it's like one of those fucking greeting cards that like when you open it up it starts singing and it like It's got a trigger <laughs> built into the comic book and over time it becomes like distorted as the battery runs low. <laughs> I will say though, he had a My Chemical Romance song at the end and that shook me. He did <laughs> and I, like it was so strange. I mean it was what, two thousand nine, right? Yeah, 2009. Peak, peak MCR moment. Yeah, pretty close to it. What, when was uh, the Black Parade? When did that come out? It's got to be like 2000... 2007, right? Mm, Around you, then? Maybe. Yeah, 2008, something like that. 2006. 2006. Yeah. Um, Shout out to we... Mike and Romance, friend of the pod. <laughs> Absolutely, Gerard Way, friend of the pod. Um, Fallout Boy, enemy of the soon. pod. No. So. You can't have it both ways. Anti-hero. You get either MCR Anti-hero or Fallout Boy. Wait, who, who is the <laughs> enemy of Fallout the Boy? <laughs> oh, come on. You got to choose. I can't choose. One's, one's a friend, one's no, an enemy of the pod. No, I can't choose. I have to choose Black or My Camel Car Romance. All right, Fallout Boy, enemy of the pod. Swear to God, Patrick from Fallout Boy, if you're listening to this, I'm fucking coming for you. <laughs> oh, that's only Alec is saying that. Only Alec. <laughs> um, are we doing... We got some poem. <laughs> We, we got thank, some poems. Thanks, Robert, for saying the thought I've been trying to say for the past two minutes. Are we doing poems? <laughs> Let's do some poems. 
I don't have any poems, so I have to write a poem. Go ahead and uh, insert a time machine noise here. We've got our poems ready to go. Execute poem.exe. An impotent owl perched grimly on a camera. He says, needs less squid. LOL. LOL. He doesn't like calamari. That's pretty good. I like that. I got mine. Grit and dust faded into a plastic hero. Fake nipples and all. (laughs) That's pretty good. Dripping in all the wrong ways. Guilty pleasures pleasure me guilty. When nostalgia and impotence come together to save the day from homemade nuclear winter, not-so-superheroes need not apply. Snapping sounds. Snapping sounds. All right. You can't snap for yourself, Alec. The fuck? Uh, Hold on. Let me... Oh, shit. What is that? What is that? (laughs) What is that sound? It's the sound of you being fucking wrong. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening. Check us out on all our socials uh, at undeadpoets.society. Uh, email us at undeadpoetsocietypodcast at gmail to join in the conversation. Tell us what you thought about uh, Watchmen, the comic, and the movie. Um, send us uh, wait, yeah, picks. send us screenshots of uh, the evidence of your crimes, and we um, will keep them secret. Yeah, make us make us complicit. Send send us things that we have to do, like a moral dilemma, just like in Watchmen. We have to decide whether to do the right thing or the correct thing. (laughs) And while you're at it, go ahead and support us on Patreon. We're going to be posting exclusive bonus episodes there. If we can ever get our fucking equipment to work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next week we are covering um, seven samurai. Seven samurai, a movie, which is much longer than I thought it was going to be much longer. (laughs) Um, so I'm if you hyped want for to, it though. Uh, watch slash. Um, oh, I was going to say watch slash read along, but it's not. If you want to do your homework for the episode, yeah, go watch Kurosawa Seven Samurai. Uh, the intro and outro music are by the amazing Chase. I guess please check him out on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you get your tunes. We love you, ghouls. Be safe and good night. Good night. Good night, old ghoulies, old ghoulie boys. Good night. Kissing you. Good night. Good night.